0: Good morning, everybody. Friday, the 20th of January, and our market behaving itself today up 18 points. That follows yesterday's 42-point rise. Of course, we had the Australian jobs numbers yesterday, which came in a bit weaker than expected. The unemployment rate was 3.5%, the market expected 3.4%, not a huge difference, but it does take the pressure off the RBA and their meetings coming up on February the 7th. And it sort of suggests that they can pause rates maybe a little bit earlier than expected, if not already. So our market rallied quite nicely yesterday on the back of all that. We also had some BHP production numbers yesterday, and the share price was up 1.2%. So we've had both Rio and BHP production numbers. They were both described as solid. And that's quite a good lead in to the results season coming up in February. So whilst the US market is hesitating, Dow Jones down 250 odd points last night, which follows a 600 point drop the day before. And noticeably, we went up 42 points when Wall Street dropped 600 points yesterday our market up 18 today when they're down 250. And it's all to do with the banks and the resources banks sector hitting or close to hitting the top of its trading range. See the charts in the strategy section and the resources sector hitting new highs. So our biggest sectors, that's about 50% of the market between the two of them, are sectors rallying nicely, whilst the US Does a bit of naval gazing after the recent rally. We've had a rally, of course, on the back of the Chinese reopening, and that has caused some overseas buying of Australian stocks, particularly resources stocks. And we've got this peak aggression on policy and peak inflation theme running. So it seems all the fears or all the worries from 2022 are going to be different in 2023. We're looking for something to worry about. The most obvious thing to worry about Outside of X factors and geopolitical risks, the most obvious thing to worry about is growth and recession and the US is having a bit of a think about that. There were some economic numbers out of the US yesterday and overnight. Some of the numbers are a little bit weaker than expected. I've taken to writing a bullets section in the strategy piece now, which summarises all the major macro events of the last 24 hours or so. And you'll see in that their weekly jobless numbers came in below expectations. Building permits a bit lower than expected. And the Philadelphia Fed index below expectations quite significantly. US dollar hit a seven month low and their markets down. So Wall Street losing a bit of momentum, but our market doing okay. I can see some of you thinking about taking profits as the S&P 500 hesitates at breaking the downtrend. Have a look at the chart and the strategy piece today. But really, for Australians, if you don't look at the very short term, there is still an uptrend in place. Banks are behaving, resources are doing okay, nothing much to worry about. On that S&P 500 chart, have a look. I have written about the 50 and 200 day moving averages crossing. These, of course, are the rather tiresomely titled Death Cross when the 50-day moving average drops below the 200-day and Golden Cross when it crosses up through the 200-day moving average And have a look at the chart. Looks like we're about to have another golden cross. Really don't like the expressions at all, but it is a or an event that does create a few headlines and it looks like the S&P 500 might be about to trigger that, which is reasonably positive, technically, although a little bit irrelevant. And I'm reasonably comfortable, I think, with the market as a whole. So still fully invested Everything's going to pivot on the FOMC meeting on February the 1st and the US results season, particularly technology stocks. We've had a veritable tech wreck in the US in the last year, NASDAQ down 30% last year. So my guess is that if anything, the results, although we're seeing job cuts from Microsoft and Amazon, although we're seeing these job cuts and things obviously aren't fabulous, some of these stocks are already down 30 to 60%, these big tech stocks. So if anything, this results season We have Microsoft results on Monday, by the way. If anything, this results season might bring a bit of relief or dispel a bit of uncertainty, might confirm what the share prices have been telling us. And it could end up being positive in the same way the FOMC meeting could end up being a positive if they confirm this peak inflation and peak aggression thinking, get off their hawkish horse. The markets may well break this downtrend after all. In which case, we're sitting with 40% of the strategy portfolio in the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. And in the ideas portfolio, we've got these leveraged plays to the NASDAQ and the S&P 500. So hopeful, we're supposed to be scientific, but It's all about probabilities, not certainties, in which case we are hopeful that the results season turns out okay in the US and that the Fed meeting turns out okay in the US. Meanwhile, as I say, Australia doing fine. And there's a PE chart for both the US and Australia in the strategy piece today. You'll see... RPE is the lowest it's been. A PE is a bit of a fluffy number, I've got to tell you. You've got to wonder where they get the earnings number to calculate the E in the PE. And there are a million ways to do it. But if you look at the simple chart in the strategy piece today, which is taken off Reuters, the Australian PE is the lowest since about 2012 in a decade. And the US PE has come back from its peaks of around 35 times down to around 20 times. It's still slightly above the long term average in the US. But still, we are not in some frothy moment hoping the momentum continues. You could suggest there is some value around and maybe this US results season will crystallize a bit of thinking along that and get the markets going again. There's also a chart in the strategy piece of the US inflation number showing the clear peak that we've seen. I've also put in a timetable for the results in the US, Microsoft, IBM on Monday, Tesla next week, AT&T, loads of others. You have to wait till the week after for things like Google and Amazon and Apple. But last night, Netflix had results after hours last night. It's up 6% in after hours trade. So good start so far to the tech, big tech results season. You'll see a few other charts in the strategy piece. Our market heading back to its highs. The bank sector heading back to the top of the trading range. A lovely backdrop for trying to strip the CBA dividend, although that share price is a little bit pumped up, it's got to be said at the moment. And the chart of the resources sector as well, hitting new highs. Chinese Lunar New Year holiday starts tomorrow. Lots of articles about it. It's the first time in three years that Chinese migrant workers, in other words, workers that travel in from the country to industrial centres, it's the first time in three years they've been able to go home thanks to COVID. And some of them wanting to take holidays for a month, So there's lots of chatter about the Chinese economy going on hold for a month. Having said that, there are some GDP upgrades on China from some economists at the moment. And there's some thawing of the US and Australian, but US-Chinese trade relationship, as Janet Yellen is meeting her Chinese counterparts in Beijing and Washington later this year. And another Newswire headline, China's reopening unleashes demand for commodities, consumer goods and travel. I think Qantas just hit a 52-week high. So the China vibe, okay. Okay. In the ideas and technical section today, have a look at that. Some few, there are some. Interesting sort of charts. Still, these gold stocks seem to be topping out very short term stuff, though, only on the short term charts. And there is a bit of a bottoming in Whitehaven coal in particular, but coal stocks not on the long term charts, but on the short term charts. And the technical RSI buy signals are there in coal and notably Whitehaven coal up today. We're not going too well on 29 metals chart of that in the strategy section. I think I'm happy enough with that at the moment. It was always going to be a volatile stock. And waiting for these G-Gus and L-NAS, long NASDAQ and long S&P 500 ETFs to perform. They're not hugely volatile. We are down on them at the moment, but maybe an FOMC meeting or the US results season will get them going for us. BHP production numbers yesterday quite well received. Haven't got them in the ideas portfolio. Not chasing them either, but wouldn't be selling them if I held them. Chart looks absolutely fine. Some i buy. Signals on the US dollar, and I noticed a bit of chatter about that in the Facebook discussion site about the Aussie dollar topping out. Anyway, buy signals on the US dollar. There are a couple of ETFs there USD and Yank, Y A N K, and BUB, which Henry has held, B U B. Got a buy signal on that, quite a marked one. RSI sell signals, Illumina, some of the gold stocks, Hub 24, Net Wealth. Probably saw some funds under administration numbers from net wealth not well received yesterday. But bottom line, Ideas Portfolio, okay. Very happy with PLS. They've jumped 9% today in reaction to quarterly production numbers yesterday and their presentation, which is talking about targeting the completion of the feasibility study in March, or rather the March quarter. So a bit of stuff happening there. The broker stuff on PLS includes a Macquarie recommendation this morning with an outperform and a target price 70%, yes, 70% above the current share price. Citigroup also have a buy recommendation target price, 10% above the current share price. That, of course, is offset by UBS, who are a little bit out of date, haven't written research for a month, but they are super negative, have been for ages on lithium. They've got a sell recommendation target price, 28% below the current share price. So pay your money and take your choice on PLS Research. Also, whilst I'm here, worth saying that after the BHP production numbers yesterday, you've got a bit of a mixed bag of broker views this morning. Hold, outperform, no rating, equal weight, hold, neutral, downgrade to sell. That one's a bit out of date. But the basic message there, most brokers are almost always buyers of BHP because it's such a big stock. And just in case they ever did a corporate deal, you wouldn't want to miss out by being a misery guts and having a sell recommendation most so most brokers have buy recommendations on the big stocks particularly deal prone big stocks like BHP so the mere fact they've got hold and equal weight and hold and neutral recommendations suggest you that even they think the share price is a little bit high at the moment I wrote about do you sell resources this week and the message is not yet trend is absolutely fine You will not be able to time BHP and Rio on fundamentals. As I said, there was a bit of a funds management secret when I was a broker that BHP always peaks when it looks its cheapest on fundamentals and bottoms when it looks to be at its most expensive. At the moment, the China reopening and the overseas interest in resources stocks will probably hold it up rather nicely. No reason to suspect anything other than that. So brokers getting a bit more neutral, I think, is what you would say. I've also got a little section with a crypto view in the newsletter today. Have a read of that. I've described it as a crowded trade. My point is not about whether Bitcoin goes up or down or the legitimacy of cryptocurrencies What I get annoyed about, particularly by Kathy Wood, it has to be said, who should know better, what I get annoyed about is how some commentators, particularly mainstream respected commentators like her, talk about crypto to their audiences and legitimize it and talk about it almost as if it's its own asset class and is something you should consider alongside traditional asset classes like bonds and equities and property and fixed interest. And she's been talking about it going to a million dollars. At least that's what the news wire headlines have been, which is just, in my view, irresponsible because it sucks people because she doesn't know, for one thing. Nobody knows. She doesn't know. And that sort of chat is going to make normal investors who have much lower risk profiles think about buying crypto, which is a highly volatile price. And that alone should scare you off it. Forget whether it's going up. It's a gambling price. It is not an investment asset class. So I wish mainstream people like Kathy Wood would just stop talking about it because they are sucking normal investors into thinking it is investable when it's far too volatile. Whether it goes up or down is legitimate or illegitimate. It doesn't matter. It's too volatile and it should not be mentioned in the same breath as our traditional much lower volatility, more scientific, more intrinsic value asset classes like bonds and equities and property. So anyway, a bit of a rant about crypto. I've got a couple of nice things coming up for you in the weekend email about banks. And we've had a couple of member questions about bank ETFs and CBA versus the market and Macquarie versus the market. Anyway, you can read that tomorrow in the weekend email. Henry's take today, got lots of stuff in it. There's a Lion Town update. He notes that the short positions in Liontown have shot up at the beginning of this year. And he also talks about Bass, BAS, roofing it at the moment. And he talks about the long short LSF quarterly update. And of course, about PLS, huge cash balance, cash balance up 62%. Show me the money pictures of Tom Cruise. And he talks about the debt ceiling, and he has a bit of a story. One of our members, thank you, Georgine. One of our members sent in explaining what Bitcoin is. That's about that. As I leave you, our market up twelve points. Pilbara Minerals up nine point six percent. Whitehaven Coal up seven percent. bit up six percent. town down thirteen percent. Satire CTT down 11%. Nanosonics down 6%. CXL down 3.8%. That popped up in the technical scan section today. That's about that. I'll be back for the weekend email tomorrow. You have a fabulous day. Speak to you next week. Remember, I take Mondays off now. I work on Saturdays. I've done I've decided at the tender age of 61, I've done enough six-day weeks in my life. I'm going to try and get back to five-day weeks. So I will speak to you on Tuesday. <laughs>